Yo, with Gillian on Brano and a review, finally, of Time to Die, the latest James Bond film and the final one featuring Daniel Craig. Directed very interestingly this time around. I, I'm not a Sam Mendes fan at all. I did not like his tenure as a Bond director and I don't like any of his other films, really. I think American Beauty was, you know, a film that everyone loved when it came out and then five seconds later went, oh, it's a bit cringe, actually, but I haven't liked his stuff. Um... Kerry Joji Fukunaga directed a film in 2009 called Sin Nombre, which I gave 9 out of 10 to on this show. A magnificent, devastating film about um, people fleeing, I think, El Salvador and trying to get to America aboard the roofs of trains and being persecuted by gang members. It was a pretty hardcore watch, but a brilliant film. And he's done, like, not much, but everything he seems to have touched has been quality so far. Jane Eyre and Beast of No Nation with the two major films, both got really good reviews. And True Detective, the season, the first season, which is the one that got the most acclaim, he directed and produced that as well. He's back for No Time to Die. Um, a film that may not have happened. Uh, I think everyone expected Spectre to be the last Bond film um, due to the fact that big budget films like this take longer to make nowadays. So instead of pumping out a Bond film every two years, there's a bit, he's been Bond for much longer than anyone else. It's just the amount of time that is involved. And it's been a very successful tenure as Bond. Everyone, no one has had a complaint about him. But for me, the films have been very up and down. Uh, Casino Royale, I think, was third in my list of the greatest ever Bond films. So last year, I ranked them all. Uh, and I think Casino Royale, that masterpiece, was um, third. Um, behind Goldfinger and The Spy Who Loved Me, which was my number one. And my last film on the whole list, the worst Bond film of all, was Spectre, which is uh, the last Bond film before this film. So I don't know whether he decided to come back because they hadn't found anyone to replace him or whether or not that they didn't want to go out on a bum note. It was terrible. It was a really, really poor film. Christopher Waltz was an awful villain as well. But everything about it was bad. Um, and I thought Skyfall was really overrated, the Mendes one as well. It had, it certainly had its plus points. But I, I actually really liked Quantum of Solace. The first hour of that I thought was superb. And it just kind of came off the track. So nothing as good as um, Casino Royale since. So many critics will regard Skyfall as being great. I thought that really did get a bit silly, to be honest, and uh, come off the tracks a bit. But, um, and I didn't, the one thing about Spectre that I really had a problem with was the Leah Sidow character, the um, Bond girl so far, Eva Green was magnificent, an all-time great one, and I really like Olga Kirilenko, if I say that right, the least, the most underrated Bond girl ever, she was brilliant in Quantum of Solace, and since then it's gone backwards a bit. Judy Dench was one of the great Bond girls in um, Skyfall. But Leia Sadeau as this young, almost teenage love interest of a very old, haggard-looking Daniel Craig, it was an embarrassment. And when they brought her back as the overriding female character of this film, I was very, very disappointed. As disappointed as when that attention vampire Billie Eilish managed to do the Bond theme. Bond themes in recent years are, the, like, I think Sam Smith won an Oscar for one of the crappiest Bond films uh, theme music's ever and he, I think he won an Oscar for it but Bond themes have really been terrible these often tor torpid boring ballads 
And of course, Billie Eilish was more than capable of living up to that. She just gets everywhere. It's just so tedious. Uh, and it was a terrible Bond theme. So that wasn't particularly great. Um, this time around, all of these films have kind of followed the same story from the Casino Royale with the group of Spectre re-emerging and Blofeld re-emerging. And broadly speaking, this time around, it's someone that Blofeld and Spectre have as an enemy that's also a villain. Um, and that's a character played by Rami Malek, who gradually emerges throughout the course of the movie. The openings of Bond movies have become hysterical. They're about 40 minutes long now. I really like this one. Um, it features a very eerie sequence at the start, which is a Leah Sado character's mother being killed by the what we later find out as the Rami Malek character in a cabin on the ice and it's a really um it's kind of odd and eerie and then we get this very big sequence in uh italy where leia sido thankfully in this film i warm to her a lot more she's she's older she's probably five years older i warm to her as a like a more adult character who was probably more convincing with bond um but there's this really long incredibly well shot sequence um of them as lovers and him every is it just me or is in every single daniel craig bond movie is he coming out of retirement isn't he going either into or out of retirement in every single film he's been in um so he's off with leah sido and they're going to start a life together and uh i thought it was pretty poignant and moving because he has to come to terms with the thing that's driven him which was the fact of his great love for Eva Green's character and the fact that she he believes that she did the dirty on him, which we all know wasn't her fault, but he can't let it go. He visits her tomb uh, to write on a piece of paper her name or something to show that, you know, that he's got over it. And it all goes to hell in a handbasket very, very quickly, which leads to him blaming uh, Leia Sado for Spectre finding it. I really like this sequence because we all know that wasn't true, but we also know that he is incapable of letting go what happened to him with Eva Green, and it's destroyed his life a second time. And I really, I thought that was pretty decent. And then we move on to uh, the film starts after about forty minutes of this. I, I, I didn't have a problem with any of that. I thought it was really well done. Um, and what follows is a remarkably old-fashioned Bond film. This is a Bond film that is in the Roger Moore uh, submarine hangers, you know, film where they've got nuclear submarines in a big hangar and have a big shootout. It's that kind of bomb film, which I didn't expect. It's quite old-fashioned in that score and actually a little bit low stakes. I mean, um, I wish they would try and write more interesting stories uh, than just, you know, a villain wants to drop biological weapons on the whole world. Because it's just been done too much. One thing that Skyfall had really going for it was the notion of a Bond villain that was out to get Judy Dench for leaving him to death and destruction. And that personal level was so much more strong than having a you know a, a, an evil villain that's got a, a yet another deadly weapon to unleash on the uh, on the public. Um, something else I haven't liked about the Craig era is the um, new characters that have come in. I thought Ray Fiennes' character as um, a replacement for the, the Judy Dench, who was astonishing in her later years as um, M, I thought was kind of reverting back to the original M, who's very much in the background. I think Naomi Harris was one of the worst casting decisions. 
she was a terrible Bond girl and then became Miss Moneypenny and I just found her to be cringe-inducing. Um, who's the other main one? Ben Wishaw, I didn't like his cue. I'll say this, in this film, all of the people that, are, that have been added come together and work as one in this film and I thought that actually amplified... I thought they cut down on their weaknesses and amplified their strengths, and I actually like that. I think it's the best showing for all of them. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so it's got a lot of people from the previous films. Leah Sido as the love interest, I thought, uh, was presented with an interesting story here, and I kind of liked her, and I thought she was quite emotionally good, and the, um, the emotional arc with Bond was good. And they bring back... Um, Christopher Waltz as Blofeld in a pointless sequence and he doesn't really get any chance to improve his lot. It's one of the worst Bond villains and that whole retrofitting of the story would have given the last Star Wars films a run for their money, making Blofeld his de facto brother and they both shared a father was the worst writing mistake in modern history in Bond films. It was a terrible shoehorned in clunky narrative and they wisely pretty much ignore it. Um, there's an interesting weapon here, which is something that is a biological weapon that is actually nanoparticles, little robots that's genetically programmed. So I could shake your hand having this deadly weapon inside me, but it's tuned to your DNA. So it leaves me alone and it kills you. And I thought that was a pretty good thing. That was pretty cool. And there's a great moment where... Um, Bond goes to, well, he's, he's virtually dead, but um, it's not what happens. And it, I thought that was really cool. I thought the best character in it, I know I'm in love with her, I think she's wonderful, is, um, where is it? Anna, Anna de Armas, who has just beguiled me in Blade Runner and in Knives Out, where she was a star. She's incredible. She shows up as like the Brit Eklund, man with the golden gun, doofus, annoying incompetent but gorgeous woman and what we get is the opposite it's fan it's a great sequence and her character is really good i love the way at the end that bond went you are excellent because i was just thinking yeah you were really great such a shame they couldn't keep her in the film jeffrey wright as felix Schleiter, i've always quite liked um and he shows up again so i i actually found the first half a lot better than the second half it became quite ordinary um, and the other major person in it is, of course, um, where is she? Lashana Lynch. Now, Lashana Lynch has uh, got a lot of controversy for being 007 in this film. It's handled really well. Uh, it's actually quite funny, um, especially when she's saying, you know, when Bond returns to the to the um, MI6 and and she keeps saying, what what number have you given him? And no one pays her any attention. Um, I've really liked her in um, the two films I've seen her in where she's played very, very different characters. Widows, where she played this hard-edged American single mum that gets swept up into this bank robbery. Or robbery. And um, a brilliant characterization, characterization as an American soul singer in the 60s in um, Bad Times at the El Royale. She was fantastic in that and a totally different character. And she's a totally different character here. Got a lot of time for her. An average character here, though. Uh, they didn't really write much in the way of new characters in this film. Rami Malek was equally as bad as Christopher Waltz. He was a terrible villain in this. Uh, 
I sometimes wonder about him as an actor because there's no way on earth he should have won an Oscar just for doing an impersonation of a bug-eyed Freddie Mercury. Even if you were doing impersonations, the um, other film, The Vice, uh, about Dick Cheney, that performance was just masterful compared to the um, Bohemian Rhapsody acting. I didn't really rate it, but here... He's got like disfigurement and he just plays this really rote, boring villain who I lost interest in. In fact, that whole storyline I lost interest in. It didn't really, it wasn't occupying center stage for me. It was more interesting the whole Bond side and the Leah Sado side. Uh, it's far too long. It's nearly three hours long. I think it's at least two hours, 45 minutes and it just doesn't need to be that long. There's a lot of downtime here. Um, Overall, I expected more, but I still think it's a really strong film. I thought Quantum of Solace was a brilliant film for the first half and not so good in the second half. Um, this is a lot more consistent. Um, I found this to be a very consistent film. Um, I think the whole notion of the supervillain wasn't very well realised, either in the actor playing it or this submarine-based setting, which is very, very old school. Uh, a lot of the emotive stuff... Daniel Craig's performance here is really, really good. He slept walked through the awful Spectre. I don't blame him, but he looked like he'd had enough of playing Bond. He plays one of the more emotive Bonds. It's definitely in the same ballpark as on Her Majesty's Secret Service in that regards, with regards to the emotional life of Bond, which I thought was the high point, really. Um, some pretty decent sequences, um, cinematography and um, action-wise, Although it does like peter out to a, a bit of a bog standard bomb film over the last hour, an entire hour. Um, so overall, I thought this was a, it was a much better way to go out than Spectre. And Daniel Craig's the high point of the film. I thought he was really good. Um, uh, and the emotional level of it was pretty decent. So I would say No Time to Die, a very solid 7 out of 10.